Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? I'm so ready for this. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Way to get excited. Way to get excited. This is the post. I've been uh, batching recording and I'm a little bit frazzled here, so... You got the uh-huh. post, way too much recording at once energy going on here. I'm on afterburners. <laughs> Pumping yourself up again. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long couple of days. Yes. How many How many is that that you have batched so far? I wish it was more, but it's four. Okay. <laughs> I wish That's it was good. more than that. We are aiming for five. I, it's realistically, I'm not going to get to one more today. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, four videos. I've been testing out, doing a bit of batching and also with us moving uh, locations, et cetera. We're going to be homeless. <laughs> we're going to be homeless for a while. Uh, so we're getting ahead on the publishing schedule. So yeah, it's kind of what we're doing here too. Huh? Right. And pretty soon, hopefully have a podcast episode for you on batching. We yeah. want to run this experiment a little longer before recording that. But I think that'll be really helpful. I agree. Okay. Today we're talking about thumbnail mistakes. I kind of think with thumbnails... Focusing on the mistakes, at least to begin with, can be a really good strategy because if you are just trying to match other things you see on YouTube or match the really high quality things from people that are great at graphic design, it sort of feels like a really big leap. Like, well, I don't, if I knew how to get there, I would already be there, right? Mm -hmm. But if we focus on the mistakes, maybe that makes it a little bit more manageable and we can just fix one mistake at a time. And another reason I wanted to take this approach with it is that there are a lot of different steps in the thumbnail process. It's not just the picture. It's that, you know, you plan it out and you want it to go well with the title. And then there's, you know, shooting, taking the pictures, things like that, putting it all together, whether that's, you know, using Photoshop or whatever. And then post-publish strategy, which mm-hmm. is another thing you can implement. So let's just go through each of those and talk about the mistakes along the way. And, A big question we've actually been talking about here a lot lately is should a thumbnail be made or at least thought of, we're kind of going back and forth on that before the filming is done. So why don't you tell us kind of the argument for that? Yeah, so it's it's not, uh, I guess it's not a new concept. When I've said before, you know, thumbnails being your third thought, first thought being good idea, you know, come up with a good idea, second thought title, and third thought being thumbnail. And in general, I'm still sticking with that. This is like an even more extreme version of that saying, so third thought is thumbnail. Should you even fully produce that thumbnail before you outline the video, mm-hmm. before you plan what you're going to do in the video, before you record the video, before you edit the video? Uh, it has been, this is a little transparency here. <laughs> it has been a little uh, too easy to get all those other steps done. Have an idea for a thumbnail. It's great. But get all those other steps done. And then after the fact, get get to the thumbnail and say oh yeah i gotta publish it this week oh i need to make a thumbnail yeah (laughs) it's been a little bit too easy to do that uh so with that in in mind we've been going back and forth like like julia's been saying we've been going back and forth with deciding should we actually have the thumbnail pretty much done before anything else and what does that do for us is it beneficial is it not uh, so some of the so far, so we've been going back and forth trying this, implementing this into our pipeline, production pipeline here. And so far, I've seen a few things. I'd love to hear your take on this also, Julia. Yeah. Uh, it's one is if it's 
almost like a stopper. Like you, it cannot progress in the pipeline. It makes it more likely to happen. Uh, it, it's, it's forced us doing it earlier on in the pipeline, at least to the point of this is a solid concept. We have a sketch of the thumbnail. We have like the elements that are going to be in the thumbnail, the text, whatever it is. Uh, it's helped to make direct the rest of the process a bit. Yeah. Uh, it's so I think we found as we've been planning titles and thumbnails recently, it's been more than just titles and thumbnails where previously it was, okay, this is an idea for a video. Now being able to say, okay, it, there's something about forcing ourselves to plan it first, the title and thumbnail first, that makes us, that forces us into, especially me, into saying this is a real idea and how good is this idea and how appealing is this idea before I make any of the rest of it. Yeah, instead of relying on making it appealing after the fact. After the fact, which I've done plenty of that. And mm -hmm. it can be done in most cases. I'm, I, I'm, it's possible that some of the bad clickbait or the bad bait that happens could be similar to this because they started with an idea. They realized after producing it, it wasn't that appealing of an idea. So then one thing leads to another when you're tweaking the title and the thumbnail. And before you know it, you have something that may not actually be in the content right. of the video. So we found if you do it beforehand, it makes it much easier to actually deliver on that promise. Mm -hmm. We know this is what it's going to look like. Go ahead. Yeah, which I think is the idea behind it. The idea behind doing the thumbnails first, because it's a little counterintuitive. When you go through the process, it doesn't really feel like you shouldn't have to do the thumbnail first. But I know a lot of the big YouTubers talking about doing the thumbnail first because, well, you can't really change the content of the video as easily as you can change the thumbnail. So if you have you know, a thumbnail planned and then you decide to change that, that can work better. But if you think of a great thumbnail idea and then, yeah, like you said, the video is already produced. Well, we can't take that angle because we already decided not to. But what I think nobody talks about, all these big YouTubers and people that are saying, do the thumbnail first. What nobody talks about is the challenges with that, which are like the location. You know, we're trying to batch our thumbnails, but sometimes we want to go like on location for a thumbnail or we're waiting to get something in the mail or I'm trying to think of other ones. I know there's been other instances that didn't have to do with just the location and the setting that we came up with like, well, we really can't do this yet because we don't know maybe exact figures from data gathers yeah, research. We haven't, we haven't done the research beforehand. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. And I imagine with other channels, this could be an even bigger problem. Absolutely. Or we were talking about if I was doing woodworking, for example, yep. how do I do the thumbnail if I haven't finished the project yet? Right. Like if that's your thumbnail, my awesome chair that I made and I don't even have it done, I can't fully produce that thumbnail. Yes. And I feel like what we've settled on is a bit of a hybrid at this point, getting as far as we can before moving on. So having a sketch, I'll use the, if you're doing woodworking, that example if you know you're going to put together an awesome chair, you don't know the whole story yet, but you can create a thumbnail that says, literally has woodworking chair. The, the chair goes here in the thumbnail, yep. so it's a placeholder, but then the rest of it is all produced. Uh, it's That's the direction we're going right now. The other thing is, I realized what you were, from something you were mentioning, it's forced us to decide the angle we're taking with it because sometimes when we're in the thumbnail and, and uh, title planning phase uh, we'll get to the point where we're planning something where we're talking through it and we're saying oh this would be really cool this would be really cool but then we look back at the original idea and we think but that doesn't fit this original idea 
It's yeah. a cool idea, but it doesn't fit. So at that point, we either need to decide we're going this new direction and that other idea is uh, now it's a separate idea that gets recircled back to the idea bucket. Um, or we need to <laughs> rein ourselves in and say, okay, that's a great idea for another video. Maybe we'll make that video. Maybe that gets added to the idea bucket. Uh, but for this idea that we have on hand, what is the title and thumbnail? Yep. That and was something I feel like I... I had a hard time with in the past where I, when I get to outlining and planning and, and researching, I would say, Oh, this is so cool. And then I would realize, Oh, this isn't, this isn't, it's, it's not in line with what I originally thought the video would be. Right. Or we would start planning a thumbnail and then think, well, it's not quite hitting home. Let's, let's wait. And then last minute we're scrambling. Uh-huh. Um, and another approach that we have been doing on occasion, not habitually, but we'll have maybe two ideas but they both match the content of the video. So we'll have two ideas and then the content can go either way on it. Ideas that are similar enough that it doesn't really matter which direction we take the content of the video. Both of them will work. And then if we have extra time before publishing and we want to play around with those ideas on Photoshop and figure out which one works better, we still had two ideas. You don't have to like have your end all be all thumbnail decided right at the beginning. But yeah, the, the, direction for the video the angle is the big catch here yes okay well i think that answers the question maybe a little too thoroughly on if a (laughs) thumbnail should be created before filming um are there any other planning mistakes with thumbnails that you've either um seen us make here as a team or seen other people make uh yeah so i think the number one thing that comes to mind for me is being too murky with the idea Mm. not being clear enough with exactly what you have in mind for it. I am the biggest culprit of this. If it feels like I'm stopped up, I can't think of ideas. It's so It's been so easy for me to say, ah, let's just come back to it. Mm-hmm. That's okay, let's just come back to it. But the problem is, at some point, without fail, I just want you to know this, you're listening to this, without fail, you're going to need to get specific with your thumbnail at some point during the production yep. process. So why not do it sooner rather than later? So then you, you force yourself like what we were talking about earlier. You, you force yourself to do it first so that it can, um, you already know you have an appealing marketing for your video uh, because it's solid there. And then when you're outlining, when you're recording all of that, it just, it's more natural. It's yeah, this is what the video is about. It also avoids clickbait a lot where you you're tweaking it, you're changing things that mm. after, if you've already done, if you're already done recording, it's much easier to go down the, the route of, um, promising something and not actually delivering it. Right. Another benefit of this, it it particularly applies to us as a team, but I really think it would apply on the individual level for you listening as well. Because, for example, if we get the thumbnail picture taken and planned out ahead of time, then the editors can work on those between videos they're editing or if they just need a little break from editing. And you can do that too. If you have the thumbnail done, then it's on your computer and you can kind of um, just work on it when you have the time and when you have the energy, you're not going to be scrambling last minute right before publish. So that can help too. Other big issue uh-huh. I'm going to say here in yeah. planning, com- too complex. It's mm. That's the other big thing I see. Uh, it happens a lot. We think we have an idea and I just, <laughs> maybe I should put my face on, you know, on a poster on the wall that <laughs> says, are you, are you going too complex with this? Like simplify Simplify it. Yeah. One of those, you remember those old motivational posters? (laughs) One of those. 
or then they did the demotivational posters for a while. Anyway, <laughs> uh, something like that, where when you're planning the thumbnail, especially there's something about the thumbnail and title also I'll include in this. If there is a way to communicate the same concept with fewer elements, it's almost always superior. Yeah. Always. And so just let that ring in your ears here. <laughs> when you're planning title and thumbnail for your videos, simpler is almost always better. Yeah. Who was it at? at oh, Ryan Trahan. Uh -huh. I believe he talked about the squint test. Or like, you're. I could oh, be yeah. wrong on who it was, but when you're scrolling... Like, yeah, these words, they sound great when you're sitting and looking at a big desktop at the full screen of the thumbnail and thinking, does this make sense? But nobody's going to stop and blow up your thumbnail full screen and try to understand it. And even feedback in that way, I think, can be very misleading, right? Like if you ask somebody, what do you think of this thumbnail? They have too much time to think about it. Like if they don't get it within seconds... Yeah, I swear that would be a fun activity to do sometime, which actually recently I did do a mastermind where we were talking about thumbnails and people shared thumbnails. First of all, I brought up a few thumbnails. We went through this exercise of I just showed it on the screen and asked people to, in the text, uh, in the chat, uh, say, what's your first impression? Oh, cool. This? What do you think? And it was cool because we did it for a few just random YouTube videos and then people shared their thumbnails and I said, all right, let's do it. I showed it on my screen and then had people put their first impression Sometimes I feel like that is one of, it's it's not the only test, but it's one of the most valuable tests you could do if you want a third party to review your thumbnail is to say, okay, I'm going to give you three seconds. Here's a thumbnail, one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000, and then take it away. So oh. what do you think? What do you think of the thumbnail? What's your impression? What do you, how would you describe it in words? Um, and, and the follow-up question would be, would you click on that? But the problem is that everybody's, preferences are different and their tastes are different and uh it was funny because in one of the thumbnails we showed was a it was like barbecue and some people were like i hate barbecue so i would definitely not watch that video but but maybe the concept for the thumbnail was fine mm -hmm. um, so it's it's less about do i like it or not and more what do, what's the impression i get right what words come to mind what feelings come to mind yes that's a good that's a good point because you don't have time to completely process what the video is about it's an impression at that point and I think just one more point on this is when you are just looking at a thumbnail and thinking, is this interesting enough? It might feel like yes, but you're looking at one thumbnail and you have to remember that the viewer is evaluating if they want to click on that thumbnail, but their whole page is surrounded by 20 others that YouTube knows they might like, or at least yes. strongly suspects based on the algorithm. Yes. And those are all competing for their click too. So it's very competitive. It's not just if you had no internet, would you watch this or something? Yeah. <laughs> you oh, have very, all the options. Definitely. Okay. So shooting mistakes, um, taking the pictures, anything you have the to say imagery, on that. The general imagery of the thumbnail. I think the biggest mistake I see here is not having a subject mm -hmm. for the thumbnail. Usually there is a single subject, sometimes more than one, but usually there's a subject because with the limited amount of time people have to take in a thumbnail, if you don't give them anything to focus on, they won't be able to. Yep. Just how it works. Uh, again, hearkening back to this mastermind we did recently, uh, someone shared a thumbnail. They had a beautiful picture. So they're traveling, um, kind of giving tours of, I don't remember the, the geographic location, but they're traveling. They had this beautiful picture of kind of a hill. Uh, there were some houses but most of the picture was some trees and then a beautiful sunset 
and the majority there was also some text in the corner maybe their face in the other corner but the majority of the picture was this sunset it was a nice picture but it was an awful thumbnail mm. because and i even shared that there because there was nothing to focus on yeah it didn't it, it was beautiful but there wasn't a subject and so i think the major mistake i see with photography or just with composing a thumbnail in general is there's going to be a the, you need to think of it as what is the subject of this thumbnail that's very helpful primary focus sometimes it's your face uh, but usually if it's going to be your face you are also the subject of the video if you if you are not the subject of the video don't make the primary subject of your thumbnail your face mm -hmm. it can be a supplement to something else but do not make it the the primary thing because it's not not about you <laughs> and how important do you think it is to have your face in most of your thumbnails all of your thumbnails none of your thumbnails you know i've been back and forth on this one honestly it's so the argument for it and, and if you've gone through project 24 or watch any of my other stuff this is not going to sound new at all the argument for putting your face in the thumbnail is human faces they've done studies on how babies are they naturally they're drawn to human faces and that kind of never really changes their their eyes are drawn to human faces and so there's a natural interest element there it, there's a connection element hey i'm actually a human yeah <laughs> i'm actually a human in this video or i'm reacting you can show emotions on your face better than anything else any amount of text or anything mm -hmm. uh because we're humans and we're humans have emotions right and so that's the arguments for it however I haven't seen it be a make or break in most cases. It, if you have a well-established channel and you can have the bandwidth and or the data to be able to test one versus the other, then by all means do test showing your face versus not. Uh, but it, I, I'm not, I'm, I, I am hesitant to imply that it is a rule that you have to show your face in every thumbnail. I've tested it on channel makers and I've had videos one way or the other perform well, one way or the other. Mm. Uh, so I think it's more of a, your audience, your archetype uh, ratio, what, what your audience intent, like why are they there? Why are they watching the videos? And would it enhance this messaging of this thumbnail to put my face in it so that I can show a reaction? I can show joy. I can show fear. I can show disgust. If you're, if you're emphasizing the emotion of a thumbnail, then it's probably better to show your face, but it's not always necessary. Yeah. And another thing for those of you that might not know, it's not exactly new news, but YouTube has a pretty advanced algorithm for recognizing the emotion you're using in your yes. thumbnail. So this, <laughs> they do. Yeah. Actually. And I'm wondering though, like how does that play into this? How does it tie in? Why would you, do they know if somebody's searching for something and they want a surprise thumbnail or a happy thumbnail? Why would that matter necessarily? Well, that's interesting because I, I think fundamentally because of, uh, or unfortunately because of the nature of some people in the world, they're, they'd be inclined to put um, what's commonly referred to not safe for work type of content in their thumbnails to get the clicks, mm. whether that's gore or nudity or whatever it is. So part of it is YouTube needs to have those algorithms in place to be able to filter out that kind of thing. Makes sense. Uh, because they don't want the average person to be, to just be accosted with that type of stuff um, without their consent, right? Um, but the other thing is, it has to do, from my experience, it's not all of it, 
but it's a layer in the algorithm reading the preferences of an audience. If a person likes controversial content, they consume a lot of, I can't believe this happened, or this such and such politician is so stupid because, or that type of thing, there's a certain amount of emotion or mm-hmm. controversy in that. And I've got to bet that that plays a part in determining the relevance to the viewer. Um, so if you're in the space that the viewer likes consuming a lot of that type of content, then uh, if that's your audience, then it would make sense to put that kind of emotion in your thumbnails. Yep. Kind of gauging the amount of drama that that user <laughs> likes to see. That makes sense. Yeah. it's a good point. Let's go on to editing mistakes. Do you call it editing? Do you call it composure? <laughs> Comp- composition, editing. Graphic design, maybe? Yeah, d- design. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So uh, big mistakes I see there. Oh, one is, is going to sound harsh, but in a lot of cases, and I, I can include myself in this also, it's very easy to see when an amateur makes a thumbnail. Most of the time. There's just certain nuances about it. You could tell that the layers were put together a certain way, the font, the colors. It was put together by someone who doesn't know graphic design. And it's not that you have to, it's that there's a perception of quality that comes with a well-produced thumbnail. Uh, So I've actually recently, it was kind of funny, I recently, I do not remember the channel, but I found a channel that was doing fairly well. It seemed to have several hundred thousand subscribers. Thumbnails weren't their strong suit, but some thumbnails were better than other thumbnails. And I decided to kind of play around with it and try to avoid looking at the view count on the videos and just scroll through the thumbnails and look at the ones that looked less professional, that maybe the image, the lighting wasn't very good. They didn't do any um, post-processing on the, the, the face of the person in it. And the ones that they had obviously done a little bit better with. And I decided to see how the view counts on each of those would look. So I went through and I said, okay, on this one, that one doesn't look as good. I wonder what the view counts are. And I'd look at the view counts. I look at another one. That one looks a bit better. What are the yeah. view counts on that? And I won't say it was blanket statement across the board that the lower produced ones were lower views. But if I had to give an, an average on it, it was lower on the less produced ones. Yeah. It's not to say that every thumbnail you produce has to be super professionally done. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm just saying that it should be a goal of every channel maker to get better at thumbnails and the production of thumbnails because there is a perception of quality that comes with a well-produced thumbnail. Yes, absolutely. So I guess shortcuts there. Uh, I would avoid in most cases um, borders, colored borders mm-hmm. on thumbnails. That It's something that worked in the past. It's not so much now. It, most of the time it's done kind of poorly. Um, I would avoid that. I would also avoid, well, I guess the the opposite of avoid would be a shortcut, If you, especially if you do not feel very confident with Photoshop or with producing thumbnails, is search, just do a search for templates for mm. thumbnails. Or in Canva, if you're using Canva, um, just use thumbnail templates and use some of theirs. Tweak it to your own colors, etc., because what happens most of the times with those services that help you produce thumbnails is they spend a good amount of time and they, they'll often release fresh, so to speak, uh, templates periodically because they want their product to feel like it's fresh. Uh, and so use some of their latest templates for thumbnails and then 
insert your own elements and colors and tweak it. Uh, that's one of the easiest shortcuts I've seen to making it look better. Really cool. That's a great idea. Yeah. It helps with the intimidation factor of Photoshop. Yeah. Canva's super, super easy. Super Anyone easy. can use Canva. Um, I think some editing things I have noticed are lighting. Unless it's like intentionally dark, usually the brighter ones do better. Yes. And um, size. Like the, the bad thumbnails usually have really small subjects or if the person's in them, it's like they're too small. You can't really see them. Um, text that's too small. It's just like every element is a little bit too small. And in the better thumbnails, it's all closer up and bigger and it's more noticeable that way. Yes, I would agree 100%. Another thing we do sometimes when we're trying to figure out if a thumbnail is good is we will put it on like a sort of like a screenshot of the YouTube homepage with all the other thumbnails and see, does it stand out? Does it kind of fade away? Because sometimes that's the only way to really see how well it's doing. Yeah. I'm going to say one more thing. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say one more thing. Maybe it's a so, actually, maybe it's on this next one you're going to say. Probably uh, not. It, Go for it. It, it. I The other thing I'm going to really recommend to everybody is it's good to get, to find a sweet spot with your thumbnails. If you find a format that works really well for you, that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. great. But never assume that you're only going to do that format going forward. Mm. Uh, personal experience here. I found some really good formats for channel makers. They're great. But then I started to notice they started to, based on audience response, they were starting to get stagnant. So I've needed to shake things up again. Yeah. And so I would just go into this assuming that you're looking for formats that work. That's good. Uh, composition of your thumbnail, things that work or patterns that work well. Yeah, you're looking for that. But just know every three to six months, you're going to want to shake things up with your thumbnails. Uh, and I don't mean diametrically everything about it, all the colors, et cetera. I mean, it's almost like a rolling shakeup. You're always trying new things, new angles, more dynamic ways to show you the same topics, the same um, subjects that you're doing with your thumbnails. Yes, absolutely. What about post-publish? What mistakes? I guess you could say it's a mistake to not change the thumbnail. Um as far as thumbnails go, I think the only post-published decision you can have, aside from what you just talked about, which is not doing it again too many times, but for a single video, it would be either change that thumbnail or don't. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on the timeline because I've heard different people say different things about how long you should wait before deciding that the video is a flop or maybe we need to change the thumbnail. Um, what do you think on that? Yeah, the, the amount of time I would wait goes down according to how much experience you have with your audience oh, and okay. with YouTube. Uh, if you don't have a lot of experience, I would typically, I would leave that thumbnail up for, oh man, at least 12 hours, just something like that, 12 to 24 hours before I would consider switching it if it seems to be underperforming. Um, mostly because it's just maybe not the, the most, the, the best use of time. But if you have more experience with producing content for your particular audience and you know what, in general, we always make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll periodically, you can ask Julia on this, I'll periodically feel like, do I even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought I knew how to make a thumbnail. Yeah. Uh, but it, the, what I'm saying here is the better you know your audience, the better you're able to understand this video should be doing better than it is. Yes. And if it isn't, first thing I'm looking to is the thumbnail. In most cases. Right. And so, yeah, saying, you know, if you're a beginner, maybe that means very beginner because in a way it's never ending with how much you can yeah. improve with it. 
That makes sense. Um, okay. So tell me if you're more advanced and that's obviously a range as we just mentioned, but what would you say is how long you should wait before changing it? Uh, typically, I mean, if we're talking huge numbers, Mm -hmm. then you could do it pretty quick, uh, within an hour. Like that's an extreme version. I don't do that. Uh, but if you have a million subscribers or you regularly get a million views on a video and it starts off and it's just tanking, you bet you want to switch that thing quick. Really? Okay. Uh, within an hour, I definitely would be. Um, but, and the metric you'd be looking at there is uh, the real-time updated uh, views within the last 60 minutes. Uh, so if you go into analytics, you can see the the amount of views within 60 minutes, a little graph, and it's real-time updated in your um, YouTube studio. So you'll be watching that. So that... Uh, but if, you, but again, it's a scale from there. Uh, typically, rule of thumb, I would say wait about three hours, th- three to six hours before I would switch something, just so you have sufficient um, response from your audience mm-hmm. of yay or nay, like this is good or this is not good. Right. And then when you make the switch, watch that real-time update uh, the, of the views to see if a spike happens after you make the switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can see it, make the switch, come back in 30 minutes or something, and then look at it and see if there's a significant up or down, then you know if it worked or it didn't work. And do you try to factor in the click-through rate metric, or do you think that's too misleading? Maybe this is bad, but I personally do not worry about click-through rate that much. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um, mostly because there's far more going on behind the scenes with the spread of a video than just click-through rate. Mm-hmm. I think it's good as part of the overall picture, but it's it's easily inflated beyond the other metrics. And so, for example, I a while back I had a video that was um, published it, and it was just all right. Like, it wasn't doing that great. And the click-through rate seemed fine, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't know all that. But then it wasn't until, I think it was 24 hours later, that YouTube starts giving you your audience retention, um, that audience retention graph. Is that uh-huh. true? Is it 24 hours? My goodness, I need to brush up on this. It's a, it, it varies, but it's about 24 hours, but sometimes yeah. it's not available quite then. When you start seeing, because when you write, when you publish, they don't have that data, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until about 24 hours later that I saw that that video had some significant dips in mm. retention. So yeah. particularly with, when certain things appeared within the video, the audience would skip ahead. And so I could have switched the thumbnail on it. I could have said, ah, oh, I got to, increase that click-through rate or even said the click-through rate's fine what's wrong with it but what was going on behind the scenes was maybe click-through rate was fine but people were leaving the video or they were watching much less of the video or they're skipping around on the video because the video itself the delivery wasn't very good right so would you ever wait like a week before i think mr beast says am i right on that that he waits a week i might be getting all of my influencers confused this episode. It's possible. I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Do you think there are reasons to wait that long or you just think the sooner the better? I I think there are reasons for that. And I'm glad you brought that up. If you're hoping for the video to be a long, like, burn video, meaning a, a, like a slow burn, if it's, okay, you've got your test with your initial audience, it did what it did, and now you want it to be perform well over time uh-huh. with new audience or with search audience, in those cases, then, yeah, it makes sense to switch it. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to start adding takeaways to these episodes. And this one, I just got a little bit lucky here because we did not pre-plan much of this. Um, I, I figured out a little mnemonic to remember it. And so we got start for start with the thumbnail. And then simple for the planning mistakes. Keep it simple. 
Yeah. Start with a thumbnail instead of the recording. Simple is for the planning. Um, subject is for shooting, like you said. Have the subject very primary. Um, size and sides for the design mistakes. So don't have sides, like you said, borders. Uh-huh. And um, size, I think just make everything bigger, I've noticed. I like the look of that. Yes. And switch for post-publish. If yeah. needed. Of course, there's a lot of other <laughs> details. Dandy. But I know I just worked out that way after the first three S's. I thought, I'm going to try to keep this going. <laughs> okay. Well, we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but it's not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.